Hey everyone, welcome to episode 104 of Snideful Inside the Writer's Room. That's your host, Tucker. That's your host, Todd. And we're hosts. And <laughs> with the most. <laughs> with the most. A hoist with the moist. Oh, uh, so the thanks most for... moist hosts. <laughs> Just some of the time. Um, and this episode, we're going to talk about how there's uh, villains and vigilantes, and there's a master of puppets who's behind the scenes pulling all the strings, but you don't know who that is. But if you listen, you will know who that is. And then <laughs> so Tucker maybe you and know Todd, who that is. <laughs> you do know. It's ambivalent. Ambivalent, ambiguous. Ambiguous. Um, it's nebulous, yeah. Um, and then Tucker and Todd are finally going to escape from the three episode uh purgatory that we've been suspending yeah them. a bit of a quagmire that <laughs> yeah and then uh hat woman's gonna finally uh snap her 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 claws at some crime i don't know why i said it that way uh tune in to this episode enjoy bye enjoy hello But that, that can be a paradox, too, because I think you and I are similar in the way. Well, I won't look at a thing if it's got too much hype. And I felt like, because that's the thing. I've seen video essays about Dark, which are like, this is the best thing that's ever been made. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, I, then I well, can't watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to play that game. <laughs> yeah. The more popular it is, the less I want to look at it. I definitely, uh, I definitely lean that way sometimes. Yeah. But once things quiet down enough, I do like to, to actually check it out. I I was front of the line to check out Wednesday. I wanted yeah. to get in before anybody could hype it. <laughs> and I didn't like it. You telling me about it has affected my algorithm to this day. <laughs> do you do you get the the AI Jenny? Is it Jenny or Jenna? Jenna Ortega? The AI? Uh, yeah animated jenna ortega asking if you want to hear ai generated horror stories or whatever yes <laughs> what, and i get a lot of i get a lot of weird uh ads <laughs> a lot of weird ads for uh what's clearly ai generated pictures that are being advertised as part of a game yeah we but were, it's yeah. always like level the one Fox lady yeah <laughs> Yeah. Level one lady, and then like she becomes mommy or every time super, she levels up, like oh fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> That's because level nine nine nine. Because every nineteen days, exactly, we make drooly comments about. Uh, um, <laughs> now I've lost her name, Alaska girl. That's true. <laughs> I guess <laughs> at, at least somebody's listening to what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, none of us can really feel alone anymore. Nobody can complain. We've yep. all got someone listening. Yep. Don't tell me nobody listens to you. It's a lie. Okay. Master of poopits. Yeah. Uh, do you have anywhere in particular you'd like to start? I think part of the fun is trying to finagle a transition from one of these to another. So I'm not real particular about where we begin. Um, no, but I do think that it is that we should start because we're using this to are we using this scene Damn it. Is this the scene that I was referring that we should uh, imply or did the OK? This is where we we suggest that there happens to be uh, an order above our villains. Somebody okay, okay, pulling okay. their strings. Now, how heavy do we want to lean into that? And also, does do, does this imply that that uh, level above has been around 
longer than we've been aware of the villains in the current state that they are? Uh, yeah, kind of. But 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 at the other on the other hand, they sort of manifested more or less at the same time. I mean, the the characters that are villains were already villains. Yeah. But suddenly they have access to warehouses and, and they're being given grants to build casinos. Oh, I guess. So, so I guess in this case, the kingpin is kind of elevating and organizing them. And now that I think of it, I'm just just getting into the discussion of who this character is, because maybe we should actually talk about who and what misinformation is. Because so, yeah, what I suggested with that was that Didi Mega Doodoo <laughs> has has a <laughs> have you watched that video in a while? <laughs> I, I <have>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Now that we now that we write her name down regularly, it shows up. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, who is she? Yeah, so I was saying that she has a villain persona. Is it a villain persona or a wrestling persona? First of all, do we want to decide that? I think I think it can be both. I think she can wrestle as her villain persona, which means the right. villain persona needs to have you know pizzazz. You can't you can't wrestle without pizzazz. She's an old school wrestler. Yeah, you gotta have. Oh, she's got a. <laughs> she's, pa- she's got. A, she's got like You're a a a full leotard with like epaulets with like little dangly <laughs> glitter yeah. strands coming off of the, the those little shoulder pads and everything. Yeah. She's she's got flash <laughs> and like a, a butt cape. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um. She she comes out and minions take off her like shiny <laughs> robe and there she is. She's got like a. Uh, like a commissariat hat and, and the, the, the leotard of the Apollos call her the commander or something misinformation. And, and, and the, so do we want to make any sort of statement or commentary with, is there a level above her? Like, is there, are we, are we saying that misinformation comes from anywhere? Like, do we want to point any sort of like conspiracy finger at where misinformation comes from? I think, I think it might be best if she's a rogue agent because she's attached to the motherboard and uh, we don't want to we don't want to speculate. Well, I mean, we can speculate. We don't want to suggest that the motherboard is actually acting against its own directives. Well, unless unless it's espionage, she's been sent to sabotage the motherboard. Yes. And and that's that's what it would be is Mega Doodoo is kind of a rogue agent. Right, 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 right. Okay. She that that was what we were doing at the casino. It was her sort of entry party. She's she's now officially a member of the motherboard. She's oh she's now a Congress judge and making direct political moves in hometown. So to address that, we had a scene where uh, we uh, discussed last episode that someone from the casino slash uh, BEA side, uh one of them gives the other like a uh, quizzical do i recognize you look but i had kind of forgotten about some of our pieces of information so is that look actually the bea is trying to like make a hey, hey you i you we know each other like, try to make a familiar look and she's given a a, re- a reproachful no like she's trying to ward off familiar looks yeah i think i think she receives a knowing glance but i don't think she reciprocates i think she's she plays it cool because of course, current company would she forbid plays it that. Off entirely, yeah. But whoever gives her this look definitely knows that the grant to build this place came from her. It was part of her, you know, revitalization program for this area of town. 
maybe the guy who gives the look is sort of like a a, a, a flunky, one of the lower down kind of guys, and then later in that episode afterwards um the guy who the, the the i can't remember if we've given him a name the guy who runs the because oh yeah we have um vice mcmanlet right yeah <laughs> vice mcmanlet yeah he he's like uh he's like the and... owner operator of what is this no the napoleonic the napoleonic yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so he gets a text message and then that guy gets bound uh, uh, yeah bounced erased hole in the deserted ah for, maybe for, not so so Maybe not so severe an outcome, but I do think that like a supervisor should notice it and like quietly have this guy directed to another uh, task in another area of the building. Oh, sure. Yeah. Don't make eye contact with our our very special guests. And unlike don't even look at her. Yeah, he's uh, I don't know, scrubbing the roulette wheel with his tongue. (laughs) I don't know what I don't know what else there is to do in casinos. Clean up after drunk people. Like the oh, entire place that, yeah. must be a god awful mess all he the is time. The vomit mop. <laughs> you need a bucket and a mop for this wet that ass. Could, that could be a yeah. It could be a slight reference there. Yeah. If we make sure it's the exact same bucket and mop model. <laughs> so oh right, which we never need mop. to use. The, bu- the bucket and mop have PTSD. They've got like the swirly eyes and the jitters. Oh yeah, they they much preferred trying to deal with that large eldritch monster. Yeah. Um. So that's all. Yes, that's he gets all, directed uh, away. That was all housekeeping from last week. Yes. So starting out this week, we are a scene in which an unseen bad guy overlord receives a report from a minion. Oh, should we establish? Is there? Oh, cat wants in one sec. And that's all for tonight. Okay. Um. I was going to ask if we want to establish, because the moment you said minions, I have a hard time not imagining DreamWorks minions. King Bob! Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Why is yeah, that so and funny? That's, that's something I really wanted to think about, was like, what kind of minion is this? Is it a pencil-pushing bureaucrat kind of, of clerk? Just like a very official, almost like a government hire delivering news to somebody in a political space? Or are we going to go into cartoon villain territory where we've actually got like a not quite a human creature lurching, kind of arched back, long arms, long creepy fingers? Master. If she's a rogue agent, how much like how much resources of her own does she actually have? Like, Uh, does she does she have a army of minions prior to her placement? Probably not a lot, but her gambit was pretty successful because now she's Congress judge. She does that. She works almost every desk oh, in are the government, right? City Hall minions. <laughs> That's what I'm kind of thinking is that now that oh. she's got a like a big hotshot government job, she yeah. has an entire army of like punch clock villains at her disposal. That's sort of interesting. But hmm. are they all humans? Were they all already working there before she got there? Or... Is this a case where she has appointed a bunch of new hires? Oh, and here's the other thing too, though. Like, so if we if we're trying to keep her as an unseen, not necessarily know who it is, does does making the minions too recognizable make that? Does it give it away? Are we ruining our own bit? Yeah, it might. If they if they're too clearly government hires, it might be too obvious. We don't want it to be impossible to figure out, but we do want it to require at least a couple of gears turning. 
do we oh do we put them in some sort of weird cumbersome costume like a hooded thing and like, and, and but <laughs> and they they keep sort of like adjusting their shoulders under it or whatever going like do i really have to wear this yes it's part of the process or whatever it's protocol yeah yes i i, I yeah i like that disguising everything in in this this veil but maybe because they're adjusting in it weird if we do want to slip a hint like a little piece of their their uh, city hall slacks are showing from under their their mismanaged hem. Oh, very good. Somebody somebody has left their robe open and their name tag is showing. <laughs> yeah. Unprofessional. I like the idea that underneath the robes, what they're wearing is actually the, the same getup that they're going to be wearing as their minions at like the wrestling ring. Yeah. Oh, so it's so it's like super flashy <laughs> pizzazz. <laughs> They've got little epaulets, too. But they've got to keep it all covered up because reverence and secrecy and all that. But that that's a good reason for like the general discomfort. Those things are not made for comfortable wear. No. And that's good too. If everybody's wearing all sorts of different kinds of wrestler costumes, a lot of them have like the armbands. So those can also be things that like peek out from robes. <laughs> oh yeah. Frilly armbands. But yeah, it's it struck me as very funny if like the edge of a name tag is sticking out. That seems like a really good tell. King Bob. <laughs> There's no king here, but me. <laughs> now, here's another one I wanted to think about. Since since we want to kind of disguise the minions, how about the location? Is this a business office, a government office, or some kind of more villainy sanctum? Well, that's what I was, And also I was... that those don't have to be different things either. The villain... In, in this case, Congress Judge Megadoodoo can definitely make her personal office at the government building into a villainy sanctum. She can decorate it how she likes. That was sort of the bit that I was imagining is that she would make it as villainy as possible. So we so it looks quite uh, gothic or something. I don't know. Inside. But oh. somebody knocks on the door and she says, enter. And as they open the door, you see like the fax machine. And the cubicles and whatever, <laughs> like uh, just outside the door, and <laughs> yeah, and as as it's opened, uh, as it opens, a bit of light shines in, and then you can see some of the office equipment inside of the sanctum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's stuff that was like invisible in the shadows before that. I do like the idea that it's kind of gothic in there. It, the The place looks like Dracula's castle, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what I see in my head. Yeah, like. There's like hanging candle chandeliers, sconces and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Who lights all these? <laughs> There's a minion over there in in the process of changing out some candles. That would be me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, perfect. Yeah. That that's a uh, yes. We've got a location. We've got uh, uh, until until stated otherwise. The minions are human, but they are in in cloaks they are cloaked they've got veils over their costumes yeah now that said so like as the door opens and you see the office in the background i was imagining like a, a male guy pushes a cart past like, oh are yeah they for all, sure. are they all in robes <laughs> i is think that actually do we learn to do we come to learn that that is actually the city hall costume is the rope that's actually their uniform that's wild to me but very funny <laughs> But like outside of this office, they do it a little bit more casually. So like sleeves rolled up, hoods down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> episode or uh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Episode? Office? 
No, it was just uh, Harry Potter three. Whenever oh three, where they yeah. all stop sort of like okay, you guys don't have to wear the robes anymore. <laughs> just wear right. You want. <laughs> I was very curious about that at one point. I was like, did they just like how old is this place? It's like a rundown, dank ass castle where yeah. nobody fixes anything. Like. Nobody bothered putting Nick's head either the rest of the way back on or all the way off. No, there's no ghost glue. But like nothing gets fixed. Nothing changes. This place is static. We already know that Rowling is super into the status quo. Why did anybody take off their robes? I think that was a director's choice. You guys are old enough to be cool now. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think if I was part of the cast, I would also want to stop looking almost exactly like everybody else from the neck down. Yeah, I want to be recognizable on casting lists. <laughs> yeah, I need I need more than just my winning smile. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's robe casual. <laughs> gothic casual. Oh, yeah. Well, I no, I like the robes. I think the gothic stuff should just just be in the office so that we can like really starkly juxtapose it with the rest the, with the rest of the building. Sure. Unless you have an idea for what like a gothic fax machine should look like. Oh, that's a, an interesting. A gothic copy runner. machine. <laughs> gothic office equipment. If if we can come up with an idea for that, <laughs> then I will absolutely go all in on the entire government building. Gothic. I mean, that sounds like a like a Saturday morning comic. It sounds a, a weekend, a weekend funny it sounds very us. I agree. The the medieval office. Wait, is it is that a thing? Or there's the caveman. What's that? Three hundred BC or whatever that comic is. Did they have an like, office? I think it was a caveman office. But we're talking about medieval. Now that's that's also very funny. But yes, like a <laughs> gothic dark fantasy office. Yeah, I'll bet you that one's funny. new. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The only difference between this, this, the outer, you know, the, the, the cubicles, that sort of greater area, and then this private office, I guess, is going to be the light level and the number of attended, you know, candelabras. Right. But going down that road a little bit, I looked at, weren't we? Oh, not weren't we? The thought that I had was, do you know that? Um, I don't know what they're even called, though. It's a YouTube channel that does like what npcs in games are like but then it, it's these australian guys doing comedy sketches what what npc with the the game from the npc's perspective what are right, you talking about viva la dirt league yeah them 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 yeah. yeah i love them um shout out to viva la dirt league you guys are fantastic medieval office sounds like something that i can like I, their tone and pacing of of sketch, I can imagine almost. That sounds very up their alley, and we better get a handle on it before they do. <laughs> because well, we if we if, now on our yeah, if if we let them have it, they're gonna do it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> they're so clever and good at this, and they have a production team. Yes, they do. They've Anyhow. been doing this for for many of the years, for a million years, and they're getting better at it every minute. Eons. So um, we've got a we've got our dark fantasy gothic government institution. Everybody in the primary office areas, they're uh, robe casual, gothic but the, casual. But the building is still a uh, like a 1970s sandstone or not sandstone. That's too far back. A uh, a mid century modern office building. Yeah, on the exterior, absolutely. Yeah. Then we still get to have that sort of juxtaposition play. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. 
Okay, and so trans, do we need to fit any more there? Uh, what kind of progress report? Oh, yes, that should be discussed. What kind of progress report? Yeah. Or um, which project? Yeah, is it uh, because we want to establish that this bad person, this this unseen sort of kingpin villain, is financing, supporting, possibly even actively directing some of these villains that we've been kind of gathering? Are so we, we want to establish that this this that this is the direction of the chain of information. Do we want to just hint right now, not necessarily outright state that uh, there is a connection to the villain, or not state what she's doing for the villains, but use this project report to 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 kind of like vaguely ah. um, allow the audience to realize that there is a connection. Yes, rather rather than showing, <clears throat> excuse me, demonstrating that there's. That it's going both ways, that this this person is, in fact, supporting them. Mm. At least uh, from this perspective, it will appear as though this person is simply watching them, keeping tabs on them. Yeah. Then it's not necessarily clear whether it's in an investigation or or just any kind of clandestine in information gathering. But uh, yeah, progress support about the villains. They've got they've got their warehouse set up. That's where they're keeping all their servers. They're hosting their podcasts there. I bet you they've even moved infohors there, like the sat. Yeah, yeah. They've they're just like uh, combining everything into a single building. They're sleeping on cots. Are they sleeping in the in, building in too? The other, uh, that is what I started imagining. Also, I start getting into Better Call Saul with the uh, the dig crew. Oh yeah. With their little cool. like enforced living quarters kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, Is that, you, do you we want to do that? In order to maintain control over or ma maintain control, yeah, that works. Oh, uh, interesting. Over else in the crew, he keeps everybody contained. Yeah, everybody, you this welcome to your new life. Yeah, but you do they have an ex? In. Do they have an excavation going on down low? <laughs> what are we digging for? Well, we need a place for to to put in a couple of temporary houses so that everybody can have a line for you know. As unlimited beer, <laughs> build it just to have it because it's fun. I I do like the idea that everybody is now fun. living on the premises because we're hungry and it's fun. <laughs> it's Carlin night. My brain is a Carlin <laughs> repository. I mean, I think I think both of ours are. He's uh, he's been really important for the development of how we think about comedy. Everything comes back to George. Oh, Georgie. Um, but uh, yeah. What kind of progress report? Is it all about villains or does it include any kind of like hints about government business? Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. I guess it should include information, I guess, maybe from both. And then and you have a meeting with uh, so and so at 3 p.m. And then you know, I was going to say, do we do we want a super vague one as though like to 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 kind of. Yeah, I was going to suggest that both both sides are not even being this is someone working with both sides, but somebody who is aware of the activities, like you said, of both sides, maintaining tabs on both sides. Um, then, yeah. And then was I do we want to imply that there is a third interest that the the minion wants to know if she wants to, to dis discuss, but she interrupts and waves him on? Oh, interesting. But then again, I don't know what that would if I necessarily I guess that I was reserving that idea. If there was somebody, would that be who she's been contracted by? I think she's working for herself. 
just entirely for herself. Totally rogue. Yeah. When somebody's doing that, their their main objective is usually the acquisition of power for its own sake. Right. I don't think we've had like that kind of a bald faced villain before. Everybody's had sort of like an objective. Like they, if they wanted power, they wanted it for a reason. They wanted to do something with that power, something specific. Plato wanted we, to be neat. Yeah, we've talked about the idea of villains with no motivation, but I don't know if we've ever apply, uh, applied it to the story in any way. Yeah, power for its own sake. Some of the like the actual worst kinds of villains, because then they have those dark triad personality traits you, you hear used as buzzwords on YouTube a lot. But not necessarily chaos, chaos, because we're not dealing with like Dawn. <laughs> no, Dawn does what she does for fun, and it's mostly pranks. Right. But of course, they're pranks done from like a deity level of power. So, <laughs> so somebody pays the price for them. In this case, this lady is trying to get everything she can, just squeeze everything out of the world that she can, you know, acquire from it. Wealth power prestige so does she have like a maximum is there is there a line that she's trying to hit like what what is maybe she wants to take control of the motherboard because technically that's the highest office on the planet on homeworld oh she wants to be queen bay yeah that seems like a pretty good uh you know ambition for somebody like this do we want to go back right now and give her, does she have some sort of origin story that pushes her to that point? Is that Oh, important? we're going to, we're going to play around with where she cut, where she's come from for sure, because we were discussing the possibility that she was related to Jay. Ah, yes, this is, I forgot that this was mega doo. I forgot that this was even her name. Yeah, because we decided that since Jay, has the power of many hats and we've got mega doo being a Congress judge and who knows what else uh, all at the same time. Maybe that's where Jay gets that power is because mega doo already can do so many different hats without need of a she, she mega can do do. <laughs> <laughs> that's stupid, but it's so funny. <laughs> But yeah, um, I she's like a hat-based life form. Right. So so I I think uh, when we have an opportunity to explore that relationship or well, relation, I suppose they might not be aware of each other. A million years ago, we had started talking about the idea that the origin of her power, her hat, was that she was like an alien from another um, <laughs> planet. That she was sort of a yeah. Superman uh, from from Cap Cap Capton, I think I called it. <laughs> uh, like, like Krypton. She's, she's from Capcom. <laughs> Capcom. Yeah. yeah, she was a she was a rejected street fighter. And I mean, that would be an interesting that could be an interesting motivation is if she was from another planet and wanted did, so. Hmm, but then that's that's not rogue agent anymore. Wants to colonize planet Earth or a uh, home world in the name. Uh, of yeah, I think I think silly. I don't know. I I think it's pretty, pretty, you know, on point for alien infiltration. Take it over from the inside. Attacking it seems like a dumb idea. If we could just, you know, take over their really, really, really vulnerable government systems. Look how yeah. exploitable everything is. 
Why? I took down your angel queen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that line too. Angel queen? Mm-hmm. I took down your angel queen. That makes me think that uh, <clears throat> this particular group, this, this I don't know, race, they're probably one of those uh, abandoned projects, you know? <laughs> playing angel chess. Yeah, that make that makes me think that the Mega Doodoo's race are one of those unfinished sort of celestial projects that wound up being abandoned in favor of oh. whatever was being worked on on Homeworld. Because there there are other planets out there with other life forms on them. Some of them get more attention. Some of them get less. <laughs> so she comes from abandoned as failed projects. Way back, we had suggested a long time ago that she comes from a long line of Mega Doodoo's. Maybe the long line of Mega Doodoo's was like the first family of uh, this uh, celestial project. So she comes, she she bears the the lineage of um, oh, the, race the of first abandons <clears throat> abandonware. Since yeah, since everything winds up being like machine and cybernetic, except of course for stuff on Earth, that... they are abandonware. So and so they're mad at the god computer because the god computer generated their world and then abandoned them. Yeah, I'm going to assume that the result was, you know, a bunch of strife or something. Interesting. Yeah, like the they were in the process of developing, you know, civilization and then suddenly the authority that was governing the place takes off before it was ready to be self-sufficient. So, you know, chaos, strife, looting. That's sort of putting it, you know that, I think it's pretty early on, that episode of Rick and Morty where he has, like, a battery and he goes inside of it and there's, like, a little civilization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That he created, but then it turns out that one of the, the smartest guy of that civilization, he left them for so long that they developed their own technology and they have a battery with a little civilization inside, I think, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's sort of what's going on here. But they got abandoned and then nothing came of it. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they got abandoned it. and basically it just, they never got over it. Yeah. I mean, they developed a strong enough civilization that they were capable of sending an infiltrator all the way to Homeworld. And yeah, now this infiltrator is here working to kind of dis dismantle the highest order, like destabilize. Crazy. Because I, if... Like... Uh, if you can if you can undo Queen Bay's successes, if you can destabilize her position enough, she loses confidence from the rest of the motherboard and you can kind of slip in there and take her position. I think that's actually genuinely pretty good for a motivation for an alien infiltration of this character who's going to be a Congress judge who is also the potential mother of our straight women character that we introduced and all of this kind of falls into place considering we just kind of put that together in like five or ten minutes i'm re i'm really happy with what that is yeah <laughs> and and we've already managed to step over the power for its own sake because it's usually so flat yeah she's got an objective her objective is vengeance i mean if we really wanted to we could write the script such that she presents her motivation as being power for its own sake until it's absolutely. revealed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last thing she's going to do is tell anybody what she wants all that power for. You're going to let me monologue. <laughs> huh? You talk too much. Then she hits the button and the hole in the floor <laughs> opens up and the guy falls into the pit of piranhas that are on fire with lasers and stuff. I don't know. But yeah, she's uh, the latest. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and 
assume that this this entire line, this entire bloodline has been kind of generation by generation fueling this this sort of vengeful feud in its heart. Yeah, passing down their their bitter stories. Yeah, generational enmity, hereditary antipathy. And now she's here infiltrating the massive gaps in our highly exploitable government systems to start taking control of it and and ousting your angel queen. And from here, who knows? Maybe she'll be able to take a crack directly at the god computer. There there are ways. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Okay, how I think that we don't even need to transition from that. We can literally we can just cut to the boys. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, an easy opportunity. Although one thing I did want to just briefly, just briefly mm-hmm. ask is like for for instance with the the progress report, like if we, if this minion delivers a report based on you know each villain in particular if we want to do like a little a little cutaway scene that shows what they're doing what they're up to so that we can show that you know we've got everybody living in that place we've got the set for infohors moved over oh as as a voiceover yeah like not necessarily each one of the like if they're all in the same place i i don't know as we get a progress report, so if we were being vague, I don't know necessarily. So, what are you describing? What, like, what would that be? Like, for for instance, if one of the things being reported was that uh, progress on the actual just setting up of the servers themselves is complete, we could have a cutaway of a couple of guys accidentally knocking over one of the servers. And 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 what of Ro Jogan? We get to see him kind of like slowly but surely inching. Francis out of the uh, frame at his own at his own like uh, news desk for Infohors until it's only just Ro Jogan sitting there. So are we? So is she speaking then? Yeah, I think that the, the minion the minion is just reporting this, and our our bad guy. I guess I guess we have to have her talk, don't we? Does she have like, a, a we, weird we... voice when she's talking? Well, so do we take advantage of of our gag where we've got everybody in hoods? to fully muffle what they're saying and then use subtitles. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> I mean, it's technically, I think it goes, it's, that's technically Kenny. Yeah, it's but. it's a, a Kenny thing. Maybe they're actually, maybe their wrestling costumes actually include masks. Maybe these are all luchadors too. Hmm. Oh, is because uh, Bane Cosby is is part of the villain? Right? <laughs> was yeah. he? Was he? he yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he gets to have his muffled voice too. Oh, he's there. Oh, no. He's one of Mega Doodoo's minions. <laughs> oh, he is. Uh, since since actually no, I don't think she would tolerate him. <laughs> It'll it, now that I've thought about it for two more seconds. Yeah, she would probably have him out on his ear. Actually, should we throw that into a script at one point? Is that like where she gives a little speech, somebody pushes her past her patience point and she kind of like reminds everyone, listen, just because we're all working together doesn't mean I uh, condone each of you as individuals. And then she gives like a glaring, burning look towards Cosby, um, who's been kind of like uh, pushing her past her. Yeah, okay. Line. She is she is eminently professional, but she has no tolerance for your personal indiscretions. Yeah. 
if you leave, you will leave them out of the workplace. If you bring them here, so help me. I believe your angel, your angel queen won't be able to help you. <laughs> I believe in what we can accomplish as a team, but that doesn't mean I, yeah. I think if, uh, if he is there, he does need to get fired though. Husby. Yeah. Nobody can from, stomach from the him villain for very long. Circle? <laughs> from, sorry, from mega doo-doo's circle anyways, or maybe not fired assigned to like directly oversee or engage with the villains or to otherwise undesirable tasks out of the uh, direct spotlight. Is he not going to be involved in the wrestling match? I definitely want him to be involved in the wrestling match, but I don't know if I want him to be on mega doo-doo's team. I think maybe he shows up as an independent. Interesting. Everybody else is showing up. I might as well show up too. Oh, the announcer and your dark horse, Bane Cosby. The crowd all boos, so he leaves. Yeah, boo. <laughs> he goes on his stage. He's like, what? Didn't you like my pudding pops? <laughs> I can't. He's going to have some of the funniest special moves. The joke repeats itself over and over in my mind. First, you get the pudding. <laughs> then you get the pop. <laughs> oh, these guys. I can't I can't wait to start designing their special moves. Big crazy Mortal Kombat moves. Yeah, like some of the ridiculous stuff. <laughs> like where do these people have pockets? We don't. Then where did you get that you know that step ladder? It's just cartoons. Cuz of course Tucker's got to have a step ladder as his special move. He needs to set it <laughs> down, course. step up and then slap somebody in the face or something. Yeah, oh yeah, that is his, because he's a cartoon. So he takes a stepladder, he walks to the top of it, and then from the top he grabs it. Now that he's high enough, he smacks somebody with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he flips it right back over his own head to bonk right on top of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he is a cartoon character. He floats in space as he, yeah, windmill chops them. Yeah, inertia just keeps him in the air while he windmill <laughs> chops him on the head, and that's when he goes down, back down to the ground. Bonk. It, it leaves one of those oh. like grows immediately goose egg yeah goose egg <laughs> yeah. oh yeah when he bonks him it actually it when he bonks him the force of it actually causes him to lift a little bit higher into the air as well the inertia carries him up and then he goes down it, yeah actually if you do it against the wall in a video game it's a functional wall hack oh yeah for sure he's got <laughs> he's got jump he's got, practically got a double jump yeah I like it. Actually, we've talked about like excuse like in designing a game, baking in reasons for why things exist. And maybe that is Tucker's double jump. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Once you get access to his step ladder, he can now he can now stand as tall as a normal <laughs> person or he can double jump. <laughs> I like the text of the, the on screen text in one corner is, is you receive item double uh, step ladder. And then all the other flavor text of unlocks <laughs> ability double jump. Yeah, huh? unlocks the ability to reach <laughs> the tall shelves and double jump. Make it make sense. That's very clever. That's a great wrestling move. Okay, so maybe maybe just like one cutaway, just so we can see what progress that the villains have made with their operation without having to dedicate a scene to them. That they're further ahead than they were before, and that matters are progressing. Yeah, they're all they're all in the same team, while our vigilantes are not. That's also. I mean, we maybe we, we could start doing show. we could start sort of doing that where she asked for the 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 progress report and then the the um the the minion starts giving a detailed report bit by bit with a little bit of 
that becomes voiceover as we see clips of it. And then um, Megadude interrupts to say, I I don't have all day, blah, blah, blah. I I don't need... um, you just used words that I was going to use, and then I forgot them already. I like and that. I, just, just the bullet points, please. Yeah, just the bullet points, please. Yeah, I don't need your life story. Record skip. <laughs> Somebody hits fast forward on the whatever this cutaway scene is, and then Something it gets like point, and then it yeah cuts back to our our evil robed people, and of course everything is still subtitles because they're speaking. Oh. I was going to say maybe maybe instead of the knock at the door with the coming in and the and the the office earlier in this scene, maybe she asked for the the update and then the this uh, little bit of a montage of how the what the villains are doing as the update is being given starts going and then that is interrupted record skip by the door opening somebody popping their head in to ask a question being being uh, shushed out um, shoot out. Dave, then... Dave's Dave's going out for bagels. Do you want <laughs> yeah, anything? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Slam the door. <clears throat> That's funny. Oh, get out of here, slam the door, and then she turns back to the minion and says, um, just the cliff notes for the rest. I have a whatever to get to. And then after that minion leaves, she intercoms to say, Can you actually tell Dave I want X, Y, and Z? <laughs> oh yeah. I want I want a blueberry bagel with the yeah. <laughs> please thanks yeah I like I like that gotta bring some of those some of the the mundane banality of the office life in there mm-hmm. all right and from there we can we can close out we can shift immediately to a scene with Tucker and Todd the boys are in danger. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Are the boys in danger, or do we cut to them waking up? Um, oh, I'm I'm good with that too, because we <laughs> we can we can absolutely fast track the whole because because there was a scene previously where we had left them with the walls closing in. We could just go ahead and end that scene with the walls close all the rest of the way in, and everything goes white, and then it moves on to the next thing. Yeah, I couldn't remember where we had left them. I didn't. I don't. I didn't know if we had officially given them a scene where. Was it Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford? Or yeah, they, a they... very, a very old Harrison Ford shows <laughs> oh, yeah. up. Don't worry, boys, I'll get you out of here. And then very ineffectually kind of his own body just kind of like stops whatever celestial machinery it is that's closing in the walls of this dimension. It, it You get to hear like the sound of gears getting stuck, like whirring as they're trying really hard to get started like an old Honda. But I, I do think it's it's very funny if that only delays it for like a moment and then it starts going again. Like, oh, shit, that was that did nothing. Harrison Ford died for nothing. Oh, because doesn't I don't know. I, do, I have never played any of those games, but I think the zone does the zone ever move or does it just pick a spot and then shrink? Uh, I have no idea. I think at, it initially encompasses the entire battlefield. And then I think it shrinks towards the center. I don't know. Okay. But eventually it forces everyone out of cover and into like open sort of field as far as I'm aware. Right. Because I've never seen any scene in in the the last closing moments that took place in a building. So I I think the longer it goes on, the more exposed and vulnerable everybody becomes. But that, but either so, yeah. I guess we 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 need to get the hell out of yeah. We get the hell out of the room that we're in. We're in, I guess. Is that what we're we're saying? 
if we're including the scene. And then we get we get through this door with the use of Indiana Jones bones. Indiana bones. <laughs> yeah, Indiana bones. Um, Harrison corpse. Yep. And um, and then also immediately in the next in the next room. Well, that's what we say in the credits. The role of uh, Indiana Bones was played by Harrison Corbett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they run out to a, an adjacent room and it turns out the walls are closing in there as well. Yeah. That that that, like that white mist or like that rippling coruscating energy field, whatever it is, is still it's closing in. They look around Oh, and everything else says, well, that seems highly un-, and then he winks out of existence and then we. Wake oh, up. yeah, good. They can't can't let him finish saying it. And then they kind of they kind of hug each other closely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that seems highly on. Un- <laughs> then you just hear like that ringing in your ears. Everything goes white. You hear that ringing and then it fades away and then they open their eyes, look around. They're just like in the middle of a street somewhere. Oh, Did we die. Interesting. I hadn't thought about where they so they wake up in a new middle of nowhere. Yeah, I, I wanted I one thing I want to think about is all the different ways we can have them cause minor calamity just by like respawning somewhere. Like maybe you know, they're <clears throat> with a crowded thoroughfare and every like there's a pile up now. And I think the way that we've been talking about it is that they simply just wake up back in the natural timeline in Homeworld. Should they go through several other um, timelines first or do we do we there's no reason to waste time doing that? On on the one hand, there's no reason to spend a lot of time doing that. Unless there's a funny joke. But I do think it would be kind of funny to do the life flash before their eyes thing. If we can do it like quick, like a series of flashes, they just see some shit. And, oh. and since one of the things I did want to eventually think about was like future and past versions of Tucker and Todd, that's something that they could definitely see. That's different, actually kind of interesting. So do they, different do they, iterations they, of themselves. Did they have a shared flashing of the, each other's lives before their eyes so that when they wake up, they can give each other goofy looks about what was that scene with? Did I see you with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, a shared a shared dream sequence, whatever they're doing they're They've got their their one with the universe for however long it takes for the respawning in 10, 9, 8. They just <laughs> see everything going on. Yeah. Like uh like in Dirk Gently when they when everybody gets to peek beyond the veil of the universe, they get to sort of see the source code of reality. And so they're driving in the car on the way back, kind of giving each other a look out of the corner of each other of their eyes. So I never realized you liked the Incredibles. Are they driving? They're taking the bus. I don't think I they're, be, they're being driven. License. No, I was just they're in the back seat of whatever car they're in. Oh, then now that's very interesting. Who's driving? Are they being escorted to a place because they just caused a major accident? Well, yeah, they've been picked up by Child Protective Services because they were just abandoned. In the, but are we adults? Yeah, we're adults. I forgot. We, they are. <laughs> I think they are technically classed as man children. But, so is it funny if we get picked up by Child Protective Services because we are mistooken for children because of the way we behave, look and sound? Yeah, Todd is Todd is tall enough, but he seems. He he. Uh, there's something about him. Tucker, meanwhile, probably gets confused for a kid all the time. Even though, like, he's he's got like a scruffy face. He doesn't shave clean, so oh, he's got like a one of freaks here. Yeah, he's he's, he's a, a tall kid one sized, and a scruffy one. These weirdos. <laughs> he's a kid-sized man with like five o'clock shadow. Yeah, it's awesome, and and it's so stupid, and I love it. 
So so they do they they bloop into the middle of a street. Yeah, I think they they bloop into the middle of the street and they they, they the look at each up all around them. Yeah, they look at each other. They're like, "Whoa, did we die? Are you all right, Todd?" And then somebody, you know, whatever whatever their little reminiscing of before they get started that just as they're like, I thought we were, I thought we were dying. I thought we were dead. Somebody honks their horn. And that's when they realize that there are cars careening towards them. And we can zoom out and reveal that they're sitting in the middle of a four lane highway. Suddenly cars are smashing into each other and and rolling and trying to avert, uh, you know, swerve to avoid. And then they're like, Whoa, that seems highly unlikely. Is it a four lane highway anywhere near home? Like, are we in our same country still? Yeah, yeah, I think oh, they they should be just outside of. Oh, that's good. I think we already did that one. Well, which one? Homeland. Yeah, Have I think that's that's what the country is called. Is it the? Yeah, United I think States I think that that's our nation, homeland. I hope I hope so. I mean, it has to be now. Home We're world, on Homeworld. Home homeland. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Homestar. <laughs> that means we need a somewhere. We need a Homestar runner. Well, yeah, I was. Th- I think. I was trying to come up with, oh, my joke was going to, it was long and convoluted. There's a, a university. Um, and oh, the, the Homestar the Runners. Yeah, the Homestar Runners. It's Wong Bad. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, only one of the runners talks that way. Oh, sorry. Matt Damon. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Tucker and Todd. T- uh, oh, is it the pound? Oh, they get taken to the pound. That's fine. Again? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, that's better than CPS. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Todd's obviously a cat man, a cat yeah. boy, and Tucker is possum adjacent. So, yeah, they get they, they quickly. Is that uh, just my, as soon is, as they start taking in their surroundings, they get caught in a big net to sort of steal the joke from. Um... Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, Zach. Is that his name? Zach. I haven't seen the movie enough. Oh man. What is um, Batista's character's name? Uh, Gra- Grax. Something the Destroyer. Drax, with a D. With a D. Drax. Drax? Yeah, something like that. I Drax think. the Destroyer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I think is he the character that r- keeps calling the raccoon not a raccoon? He calls it every other animal than a raccoon. Like that gag. Is... Thor does that too. Oh, that maybe that's he what kept, I'm thinking of. He kept calling I, yeah. him a rabbit. A rabbit, yeah. Is but I, I do like think I do though. I do recall Drax doing that for sure because Drax is ignorant about everything. Is is any time Tucker is taken to the pound for the for the people who are calling in the the issue or whatever to refer to him as different types of rodents? I don't know. He's some kind of raccoon or something. Hey, like I wear makeup. <laughs> do I look like I skulk about in garbage cans? Don't answer that. Some kind of badger or something. Close. Closer, anyway. I'll take it. We got a feral koala. Have you ever seen that Lilo (laughs) and Stitch movie? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's like some kind of feral koala. Have you ever seen that Lilo and Stitch movie? (laughs) Yeah, it's that thing. Got one of those. We got one of those. It's a Tasmanian devil, I think. And then we need Tucker to do some of those... some Some of the things that you see... Uh, stitch do passively like climb around snort <laughs> snarl and like start biting on something he quickly hides his six legs <sighs> i don't even mm. want to start to think about what it's like if tucker can do that <laughs> blue punch buggy but th- but they are they are in the pound 
And of course, these guys can't correctly identify Tucker. So, oh, get, I mean, should we do all those jokes? Does somebody come and try to adopt Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's more of cat behavior. That's a Todd thing. Well, whatever. I'm trying to get jokes. You know there. what? I've seen possums do all of that. All of that shit, too. Yeah. Yeah, like the the hissing, snarling. That's that strikes me as something they both do, and they refuse to be separated. <laughs> We're gonna have to adopt them out as a pair. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, that makes me think that Dad should rescue them, much as Mom did once upon a time. Okay, yeah, I was just trying to imagine straight woman getting them, but yeah, like Dad comes to get them. So does he come and he adopts them as as animals? I need these two. And and we're the he's the only one that we are uh, docile around. Sure, Mister, you take them. These ones have been a pain in the ass. Yeah, how long have we been at the pound? Does do <laughs> we uh, do we want to do one of those sequences where it seems like a large amount of time has passed, but we've actually only been there for like part of an afternoon? Yeah, I was going. Do we do it the other way where around where we're actually there for a long amount of time? But no, we it it, it does need to be a part of an afternoon. Yeah, if if we're there for a long time, too much stuff is going to happen that we don't get to contribute to. Maybe that could be part of the joke is we show a long montage of us being there. And then part of the complaint is that. Um, the Are we even in this keep, show? They keep going through clothes. They keep, they've changed like 37 times. Oh, yeah. the Whatever clothes they came in with are all ratty and tattered. Yeah. Uh, Todd's Todd's whiskers have gotten twice as long and they're bushy and kind of like matted. Same goes for Tucker's scruff and hair as well. They they both look like they've been here for six months. They look like they've just come out of Guantanamo Bay. Oh, they've, is that been dad? Here for an afternoon. Does dad complain? They look like they've been here for six months. And then the guy's like, they did that to themselves. They're just I've been sitting here watching them degenerate in real time. <laughs> it's the most horrifying and fascinating thing I've ever seen. They didn't even touch each other. It's just happened. Something like that. They've just been in this pen and then the air around them is rapidly just like transformed. These guys. So, oh, I also think that somebody at the pound should probably put in a call to taint because we are anomalous. Mm. But dad, dad arrives to adopt us before taint shows up. But they know there's something weird since since taint has done a whole citywide crackdown. It makes sense to me that there would be like signs all over the place, like report your neighbor for suspicious activity kind of stuff. And somewhere in the pound, there would be a frickin' narc who would call them up when they noticed all the weird stuff going on around us. Well, that's interesting. Should we should we try to so do p- several people try to adopt us? And rather than the joke being that we hiss at them, should we do story development? And the pound says, "No, you can't have those ones. Those are we're waiting for Taint to come pick them up." And then Dad comes and pretends to be a Taint agent oh, just in I, time. Before I was Taint actually thinking up. that. Everybody but one person is trying in earnest to get us adopted out, whereas one person, the one narc, the one person who doesn't care as much about the interests of Tucker and Todd as these vulnerable animals and is and is going to rat them out. Okay, but if they are because then we don't get to have the scenes where people try to adopt us and then we get to like all stitch out at But also because yeah. I, I want I want to wonder if everybody working at this pound would be in a hurry to try and sell us out. But there's always one. Although it is kind of funny if there's like a fight for who gets to the phone first because there's some kind of a reward or something. 
Oh, should we do it as so maybe maybe it's not someone who's like willing to sell us out, but just maybe it's not even that big of a deal, but it's more of somebody who just has a nagging feeling that there's something not quite right about us. And so they just phone it in as like a concerned citizen thing and didn't even think that much about it. But once Taint realizes that we are those boys who are connected to the whole uh, zombie mutant incident thing that they were working on from last season, that they are now put on our tail in earnest. And yeah, we're on the loose. Yeah. Oh, and so that, um, that person that shows up. Us, uh... That makes us, you know, subject uh, Omicron or, you know, subject Alpha They were, has been they, spotted. Yeah, has been spotted. And also the person who picked them up was somebody who was also investigating. Because didn't Taint, didn't Taint have possession of Dad at one point? Yes. Did they know that he was connected to us? I can't remember. Or is he, this when they realized that he's connected to us? I think they knew. Because okay. we were all at the curiosity shop together. Right. And he's the one who came to rescue us. Right, right, right. And he got he stayed behind and then we showed up to rescue him, which was a great little <laughs> We still left the monkey. Flipty uh, doodle. But yeah, I do I do think that all three of us are subjects of you know, persons of interest to Taint. Oh. When Taint realizes that three massive persons of interest have been in that thing, do they do they kind of do they shut down and take over that location? Maybe. Yeah, I think I think they would actually. Somebody is, would put oh, in the call. This place is contaminated. This is a twenty three nineteen? Yeah, it's exact. That's exactly what it is. So like, it immediately smash cuts to like six black vans rocketing down the road in that direction. And then yeah, so the person that there is standing, the nice gentle. I just want to take care of animals person standing behind the, or I don't know, maybe how we're represented. This is the pound after all. I don't know. Um, the person that they're talking to as he's watching them talking to their little wrist communicator device or whatever is like, is there a problem? Um, and is it like the, 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 I don't know what they say. I don't know what I'm imagining. I'm imagining a hand coming toward the camera as that person is like now handled. Oh yeah. Are you recording this? <laughs> We've got we've got angry paramilitary guys with like full on gas masks and stuff. Yeah, they're in like sealed sealed suits, but like looks like military hardware that yet nobody nobody at this place is ever going to be seen again. <laughs> but we we uh, dad is going to have to show up and get us out of there in the nick of time. Yeah, just before these people show up. Uh, if you recall, Are... when when mom adopted us out. Mom had like Jedi mind powers and would just like wave a hand and convince people that it, adopting us to her was the best course of action. I think I think dad is going to have to pull a similar maneuver. Does he pull a similar maneuver, but it doesn't work? Oh, no, but this is dad who was mom. Am I right? Yeah. And he's not quite the eldritch being he was back then. Now he's just an eldritch guy. Yeah. <laughs> but he has a curiosity shop full of cool things. And I think maybe there's one of them that's cool enough to just distract people enough for him to get us out of there. Hey, look at this. And he sets, you know, those those clacking balls on the table. Look, watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're all mesmerized. Sort of direction thing. <laughs> yeah. Some Something like that. Or it's like a... The, the monkey with the tambourines. Yeah. One of those. Just watch. See where it goes. Hey, look at this thing. Yeah, get a load of this. 
strikes me as dad dad doesn't have powers anymore but he's top. he's very cunning guys count count how long this stays spinning he spins the top oh that's a good one that one you're almost i don't i wouldn't be able to look away from that if it's spinning oh it wobbled nope it's still going Ooh. oh it's gonna fall off the table oh it's still going on the ground tops are cool tops i are had cool. I, I had a top phase yeah i think i did too as a child I had several, many different ones. And there was one that was purported to, if you spun it hard enough, it was sort of like, do you know, maybe you know what I'm referring to. It was sort of mallet shaped. It was, it was, or I guess, what, what shape am I thinking of? It was sort of bullet shaped. It was like a fat bullet with a little top handle. And the idea was that if you spun it hard enough, it would flip up on its handle and it would spin on its handle. Todd, I think that was a butt plug. <laughs> my parents were trying to like <laughs> <laughs> they're like Todd give that back off, throw me off the trail Todd, yeah that's that a back. pop <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid I had a top that when when you would uh, when you would spin it it would it, lights would start flickering on it oh that's exciting I had a yo-yo that did that yeah I had many yo-yos that did that Oh, did you have also a yo-yo phase? <laughs> I had a yo-yo phase. I I think it might have actually been congruent with the top phase where I actually just liked cheap pieces of plastic that lit up when I did stuff with them. Yeah. I think I'm going to call that the learning what how to stim phase. Definitely. Did you so did you, <laughs> did you have the the noise making tops or uh, not tops but noise making yo-yos as well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I had noise making everything. <laughs> I had battery operated lights up and makes noise everything. Yep. Cow goes. Meh. Oh, in my house, up until a certain age, things that had batteries weren't allowed to have batteries in them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That uh, when you take the batteries out of stuff, you realize exactly how incredibly flimsy and un- insubstantial some of them are because the batteries take up a big part of their weight. And I think I found your spinning butt plug toy. Oh, did you? Those are supposed to be tops. What the fuck? That's not what I was playing with. But that's, <laughs> that definitely looks very sexual. Yeah, that's that's that is a butt plug with a handle fit for a Flash corkscrew. Spinning. Yeah, interesting. Do you, so do you press the button and then it has a gyroscope in it or something like that? Like that looks like a wind up your girlfriend toy. <laughs> is she is she you know waking up a little too slow? <laughs> wind her up with one of these. A fucking salad spinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That's Isn't a diversion. Tossing a, tossing a salad is a is a uh, what's the word euphemism? So this is this it is, is salad tosser. The salad tosser. <laughs> I think that could be. I, I think I that could be one of Bill Cosby's special moves. Um. Did I mention <laughs> the time that I was on vacation with my dad? I think it it was. I think he had broken up with my mom at that point. And so he like he took me and my brother on a like a cruise as a please still love me sort of gesture. <laughs> ah, yes, one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was a point I asked to borrow his laptop and he had open on his browser um uh uh like add to cart page for the annihilator. Do you know what the annihilator is? Oh, I that do, but, but for for anybody listening, let's tell them. It's a wedge that puts put puts your lady in the perfect uh, um, doggy. It's a be comfortable while your butt's up in the air cushion. 
Yeah, if anything, it's poorly named because it's not an annihilator. No, it's a it's a wedge. It's a it's a pillow for your lower abdomen. Yeah, very very handy. And so my my, so my dad was annihilated. Research, researching and purchasing one, um, and just I just remember just, just those moments of like, what's this? And when 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 adults are like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mister Nothing. Man, that would have been so easy to talk your way out of, too. It's a pillow. Yeah. It's a special pillow for my neck. It's nothing. That's vegetables. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I I remember that. That was good. Stories. Okay. Okay. Do we, have, do we have any more of this? Do they meet taint villains? Right. Do they get rescued by a vigilante or by hat woman? That would have actually been an excellent transition. Maybe dad brought help. Would he? Oh, is he? Oh, is Dad Albert this season? Albert, Alfred? Is he? Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, he kind of is. Straight Alfred. Yeah, I Hat. think we've already kind of established his relationship with Hatwoman because she's using the uh, the bunker underneath the curiosity shop. Yeah. Yeah. So like it makes it makes sense to me that he's woman. kind of yeah. And she it makes sense to me that he would help her. But she's more ha- Batman. She's more ha- Batman than Catwoman. But we are calling her Hatwoman. <laughs> we're not doing Catwoman. Yeah, but we're well, doing she, both. No. <laughs> she's she's Batwoman yeah. instead of Batgirl. Right. She's she's definitely should, aping Batman so should, more than should, anybody. Should she be Hatgirl then? I I like her as Hatwoman because it coincides mm-hmm. with Straight Woman. Yeah. So many because all of her all of her names have been Straight X. Yeah. This is the first one that's gonna be. You know, hat Y. Yeah, X woman. Okay, yes. So hat woman and dad team up. They know, dad knows for sure that we're back. I'm pretty sure he's had us microchipped. So we probably ping something in this in the curiosity shop. So is that as we're on our way um, out of the the shop, dad says, there's, I've got a, there's a lot to tell you. Hat woman will fill you in. And we're like, hat woman? Or does he call her by name? I'm not sure. Do we transition to... Immediately from being taken out of the pound into the car, and then Hat Woman is in the car. Or think, how are we going th- about that? Oh, I think that uh, during the scene where Dad distracts everybody at the pound, Hat Woman busts us out instead of him oh. necessarily leaving a distraction and then and then going along. He stays okay, to main sh- to maintain the distraction. That's fun, and the, yeah, he's really that, good at that. Yeah, he's and Mr. then Patty. and then while he's creating a diversion, Hat Woman breaks us out of there. Perfect. And so we leave with all three of them. Don't take your eyes off it till it stops spinning. And then we're out the door. And then they take us back to the hat cave. Yeah, we get into the we get into the cool AI car. You remember the AI car? It talks to us. Margie, I think she is still called. Right. Name the hat after the car after Marge. Yeah. Naturally. Yes, Marge the car. We're on our way back to the hat cave. And uh, I, yeah, Tucker and Todd are going to be kind of confused by all of this hat nomenclature yeah we're gonna have to fill you guys in do we it's as we as we're looking around the hat cave do we realize wait isn't this just isn't this isn't this the bunker under the curiosity shop yeah but there was a bit of a snafu it was this is all that's left or is it i can't remember uh the the bunker itself was untouched it was unharmed yeah but it's been it's been remodeled a bit everything is kind of like hat puns and Hat related gadgets. Um, so do do we actually need to do all of this? Is do we go back to the hat cave and have a scene at the hat cave, or is it just 
they get rescued, taken to the car. Oh, because we're transitioning to the goons. So do we go back to the cave and then the goons are there? I was thinking that the goons would, in fact, be Tucker and Todd. Oh, because they're oh. they're now they're now going to be primed to become Hatwoman sidekicks. And I think I think they're uh, they're sort of near death experience. I liked the idea that it makes them foolhardy and brave. And so they they get they get told what's happening. Hatwoman Hat tells them that, you know, bad times are afoot. And so now I'm a crime fighter and they're, they volunteer. And and she still hasn't quite she hasn't quite pulled the other um, vigilantes under her umbrella yet, right? She's just right. inspired them. Yeah. Okay. So That's she good. she could use the help. Okay. And and, and I think they volunteer. Has, maybe she sends Tucker and Todd out to go find them, and that's how she recruits them. Or did have we already discussed this? They show up. We have not discussed this. So this is this is prime new discussion material. I and think is this what I we're think... doing with this time now. Yeah, I, I want to create a situation in which uh, another vigilante has to show up and help either either because Tucker and Todd have bungled the situation or simply because Hatwoman and her two goons have bit off more than they can chew. Oh, OK. So she they volunteer to help. She finagles them their own costumes and they go on their little now that we're men. <laughs> and so she decides to take them for a test run. There, there's crime everywhere out there because Taint don't really care about regular crime. They're only interested in, you know, anomalous stuff. Yeah, I kind of I like the idea that she and they kind of get overwhelmed because as much as I'm OK with repeating jokes, like it's kind of always that Tucker and Todd bungle something. But usually them bungling something gives them the win. But I kind of like the idea that they just kind of end up because part of the idea is this is a lot bigger than they realize. Yeah, and they need help and so yeah, and yeah. and as and as great as I want Hatwoman to be, I don't want her to be an unstoppable force. No. So But I, I do agree that I I don't think Tucker and Todd should bungle it. I think this time now that they're kind of confident a bit, everything kind of goes their way until it doesn't. So should we sort of set up um Hatwoman's main Did we say who her main rival was going to be already? Uh, uh, we were kind of thinking that it would be Mega Doodoo herself, but since oh, right. we haven't set that up yet, right now Hatwoman's uh, rival is just crime itself. Yeah. Bad news is going to be rivaled against the Juggler, because because of course the Juggler is just like news for idiots. So do we want she she sends them she says okay let's go out and do some let's go get some small petty criminals to test your guys' skills. But then maybe those small petty criminals are doing a meeting with one of the big bad villains. Do we oh, have a big bad villain scene here? Yeah, maybe they're actually on a like a run, a snack run or something for all the guys at the warehouse who aren't allowed to leave. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they get kind of caught in the middle of something, but they're they're definitely attached to a larger force. And as soon as the snacks are late, they probably all come running. Oh, Hatwoman has access to a bunch of cool scanners and detectors. And of course, she has her own sort of crime instincts that work like a spidey sense. So she just always kind of knows where there's suspicious activity going on in a general direction. It's like Jack Sparrow's compass in her head. She's got the crime sense. So she does have an idea of where to lead them, but she doesn't know what she's getting into. 
maybe there's maybe there's like a little petty purse snatching crime of opportunity going on while these guys are out or are they even connected to the other villains or are these guys just inconsequential opportunists but you know they turn out to be retired boxers or some shit retired so oh hmm some somebody who is actually dangerous if you encounter them in a dark alley i've seen what retired boxers do to people so not not a villain thing well i'm thinking that it they definitely encounter some kind of crime going on but whether these are throwaway uh crime of opportunity villains who aren't actually associated with our prime villains and they just happen to be petty crime but i do think it would be better if they were attached to our villains because uh, we want to keep it you know tightly focused around our villains and our vigilantes and everybody who's not part of that is kind of getting in the way of that hmm. so yeah maybe a villain coterie that has gone out on a snack run for everybody who's at the warehouse they've got they've got a temporary pass to leave to go get supplies if they get held up somebody's gonna come looking for them didn't that ever happen to you when oh. you all the way Wait, I was. Or what if? What if it's a it's a hat on a hat? And what if they go out to they they see some uh, a stick up crew? They see somebody sticking up a, a shipping van, and so they're like, "There, that that's a, like a hijacking or whatever, a mugging or whatever in progress." And so they go to bust the small time guys, the stick up crew who is holding up that van, and it turns out that van is one of the crews working for the villains or is a villain and so oh, villains are preying on each other or just a, a criminal is preying on a villain like it's just it's just yeah um, that, it's, yeah that, that's yeah. what i meant is petty, petty criminals have chosen a very poor target. yeah they they chose poorly and then tucker and todd accidentally chose their poorly chosen poorly chosen <laughs> oh interesting so does does jay lead them out and kind of give sorry Hat woman lead them out and give them like their choice of uh, crimes to do- go deal with, and they choose this one. Well, no, I, I think that it was exactly what you were saying. Uh, Hat woman says, "Look, there's there's a, a van being held up. Let, go do your thing." She thinks it's just like she she doesn't realize that that's a villain van. She thinks it's just some petty criminals yes. holding up that van. Yeah, the, there's somebody in, innocent is getting held up over there. You Man. two go and you want to help me out. Go show me what you can do. Go intervene. And so she watches from the car as they go to deal with the, the, the stick up crew. And then from the van or limo or whatever emerges a big terrifying villain or something like that. Oh, yeah. A couple of like proper, proper thugs, experienced nail drivers. Yeah. But I, I do like the idea that Tucker and Todd immediately have the initiative and get the upper hand. Like one of those instances where Tucker just kind of stands behind a guy and Todd pushes him. <laughs> so yeah. he falls over Tucker like right away. That's a good move. Like they they for some reason, they're actually in sync and they're taking advantage of, you know, their what they can do, what they can do, what they are. And to whom do they do this? Sorry, to the carjackers. OK, they do it to the carjackers. And then just in time for you know, hat woman to realize that in fact, the car that is being jacked is in fact a villainous car because that's just in time for like the driver to get out. And then a, a nearby, yeah, from nearby more thugs show up to assist. Oh, the car. Does hat woman recognize them as being bad people from when she was spying on the, yeah, that's, the, that's what the I was warehouse. Thinking. 
but Tucker and Todd don't. So as yeah, they're I think, kind of like, I think she's watching this and she's going to have to get involved. But they don't know yet. So as they're like dusting off their hands, they're doing. They're like, no need to thank me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They of course they have to do something to ruin that like very brief moment of like doing excellent. Yeah. Because they they really handily took out a, like a couple of carjackers and then they're they're patting themselves on the back, patting each other on the back. No need to yeah. thank us. We'll take our medals to go. All in a hero's day's work. Next thing you know, they're getting manhandled. Uh oh. Jay better get involved. <laughs> Full on punch in the face. <laughs> I don't know. A, a, a meat hook around a neck. I'm okay. Uh, maybe like a. <laughs> a Tucker catches a lead pipe on the top of the head and it causes his head to like <laughs> get kind of bonked in. <laughs> You're right. A hot dog bun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, as soon as the pipe is withdrawn, his head like bounces back. He's like, ow, what was that hey. for? <laughs> 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 Got to give him a second one just to make sure because the first one, for some reason, that didn't take. What kind of thanks is that? <laughs> <laughs> Todd's like, hey, what are you hitting him for? He just helped your he just helped the, the your truck. You were getting robbed. He just helped your truck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're the good guys here. And and of course now tested my best van. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think that's exactly what Tucker should say after he gets hit on the head the second time. He's got like, yeah, he's got like Tweety. Yeah, he's got Tweety birds. And he's like, oh, you bested my best van. Tweety vans. What? What did you say? Huh? <laughs> I didn't say anything. But this is this will be when Hat Woman has to come by and intervene because this is now untenable. The situation is starting to get out of control. So she starts dashing. Yeah, so she's not able to call for backup. Um, she puts herself like she dashes in the way, puts herself between um, the villains and Tucker Todd. Okay, yeah. What kind of equipment besides her detective hat does she have? I'm not sure. And like, does she? I can't even remember if we discussed. Like, does she have like kung fu skills? Is she a fighter at all, or she purely has? I think you're not allowed to be a hard boiled detective if you can't throw hands. Right. Pretty sure you don't get a license to be in black and white detective stuff if you can't. So I think she like smacks one of these guys on the back of the head just as he's winding up. Is she able to use her her uh, upside down stealth abilities at all uh, here where she. Oh, yeah. She disappears in the light. light. Yeah. So if we have street lights. Yeah, I want to I want to reiterate how much I liked that street lights and headlights from cars yeah we've got headlights from the car for sure i think i think this might be going on in a back alley so what we've got is uh the equivalent of a porch light at somebody's back door that leads into this alley and maybe these villains are semi-competent so they realize what she's doing and so they like call for all the lights to be ousted oh yeah yeah it fool fool me once she's shame using on the you, lights. fool me twice so as soon as they catch on to what she's doing they like throw rocks or bricks or shoot out the lights or something. And and that is when she becomes overwhelmed and needs to be saved. Yeah, she can't she can't do anything else. Suddenly, suddenly the the trio are surrounded. They're all back to back to back. And then more thugs show up and the, the threat is looming. It's closing in. And then that's when you hear the heavy ka-chunk. 
<laughs> from Soup of the Night Soup Gun. <laughs> and then one of these guys get hit square in the face with a can of soup. <laughs> Takes him right out, though. Conk. Is he just goes stiff as a board. Or I, I, did you not say that it was going to be bad news? I can't remember. No, bad bad news is currently hooked up with the disguisers. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Super the Night and Hat Woman are the two that are currently still operating solo. And so I think Super the Night, it's time Super the Night made a friend. Yeah. But Super the Night has been tracking these guys, maybe. He's been paying yeah. attention to the warehouse goings on. Yeah. He's been following people because there was just, if you recall, there was a, an attempted theft of that casino. It was another Jackin. Yeah. That that time it was, it was Danny Ocean and his idiots. Matt Damon was there. <clears throat> But yeah, yeah, I like I like the idea that he's been tracking some of these thugs around. And so he, he caught these guys in an opportune moment. But absolutely the best intro for him I can think of. No, not a special effect with this can. It just it's just a solid slug can it hits this guy square in the head and he goes down. Everybody stops what they're doing. Chunk <laughs> another actually, one. It's, it's actually kind of gruesome. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. It's, it's horrifying. It's, it's it's very uh, no country for old men. Yeah. It, the the a weight the weight of one of these things if it hits you it's it's no joke but to be fair i think it should be the one that hit tucker in the head with a pipe twice oh nice yeah so it's it's a face caved in yeah he gets he gets a can shaped dent in his forehead or something <laughs> oh we refer to him later is he does he live and he just has yeah. that elf on his head yeah he's got like a Oh, yeah, uh, the can hits him in the head. He goes stiff as a board and falls down. And then he has a goose egg that immediately <laughs> pops the can off of his head. Nice. Clink, clunk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's clunk. embedded and then get pushed out. Yeah. 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 It, there's like a, a sort of a round indentation that marks the sort of foundation of the goose egg. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just we just hear a reload and another shot everybody suddenly ducks and starts getting the fucking <laughs> god damn yeah <laughs> uh, but then the next one should probably be like uh dehydrated soup dust or something it's time to create some effects oh definitely mists the place with really slick soup so that the bad guys start slipping on their way away yeah, he's got he's yeah covers the floor in cream of mushroom. Yeah, oil slick. Yeah, uh, don't worry. This can of tomato soup is extra greasy. <laughs> 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 Mist of mushroom. <laughs> uh, it's in my eyes. This is gross. Look, the guys are blinded. They're slipping all over the place. One of them has a concussion. Soup, soup of the night makes quick work of them since he's got the the uh, the initiative. He's got the ambush position. He's probably on on top of uh, a, a catwalk and a uh, fire escape catwalk. If we're going to do those kinds of buildings, there's got to be one of those, you know, steel fire escapes just hanging off the side of the building. Oh, definitely. Um... Soup of the night is going to let them go. He's because uh, he either has to focus on apprehending them or rescuing us and he's going to choose to rescue us. He wouldn't be much of a hero otherwise. So in, in the, the smoke screen of the uh, Mist of Mushroom, he makes off with us. Yeah, they uh, they're the bad guys are disoriented. They are smacked around. They're carrying their friend out of there. They are partially in retreat, partially in, you know, like a regroup and come back kind of thing. So while while the situation is in chaos, he is going to swoop down and help us get out of there. 
Do, uh, so maybe does, he does, asked a guy to stop the fire escape somewhere. Yeah. How does, so do we abandon? Do, do we abandon the car? Or does he guide us back to that? Like, how does that work? Oh, our car. Yeah, because how we're how we're right because we would have we would have driven up and parked some distance away, so they wouldn't. It's not like the bad guys would know that that was our car. True, right, right, right. right. And also, the car is intelligent. Yeah. So it can just like meet up with us somewhere else. I guess so. Yeah, I'm sure it. I'm sure it can self drive. Yeah, it can. So uh, it takes it notices that you know the situations. On the other hand, the car must not have been aware that we were getting totally bushwhacked there. Otherwise, the car would have helped. We're going to have to have the car help when a fight sometime. Oh, yeah. Maybe that can even be a line is as as we're leaving with the soup of the night. Um, straight woman can tell him that we, we have a vehicle and he goes, oh, perfect. Or, and maybe we meet halfway with it. I don't know. Yes. And then as soon as everybody gets into the car, the sass breaks out. Thanks for all your help, car. Margie. <laughs> What? You parked so far away to make sure that we couldn't be seen. I couldn't see what was happening. And this is why we invent the, uh, you know, like a distress beacon. Yeah. Next time, Margie is going to drive in and take somebody out with the door. But we've got we've got soup of the night with us. So introductions are in order. Do do Tucker and Todd have sidekick names? Do they have sidekick names? Yeah. And neither of them can be rubbing. Hmm. Because I think I think one of the one of the good jokes is when all the uh, all the heroes introduce each other as their hero names. <clears throat> I'm Super the Knight. Nobody wants to know that his name is Gregory or some shit. I'm Hat Woman, and then the boys are like, uh, oh, uh, um, oh, uh, um. I, I mean, nothing's coming to my mind right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. They 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 you know give each other elbows and they're like, well, I mean, our names are, uh, blah, 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 blah. they come up with something, you know, we'll, we'll put it in and post. <laughs> Cause I'm not sure what it like. Do, yeah. Is the joke that they can never come up with names for themselves? Is the Oh, joke I like the, I like name? the idea that they come up with a different one every time they're asked. And everybody just takes it in stride. I think everybody's going to be or, slightly or confused. It, it matters so little that nobody really cares what they call themselves. I think it's going to be more of that than anything. The Droogs. We'll start with the Droogs. <laughs> I mean, they did succeed at a little bit of ultraviolence there for a minute. There was a glimmer of hope. Or maybe they have like a dumb and dumber logic where the, the Tucker calls himself Todd and Todd calls himself Tucker and everybody's confused and they say uh, so that the bad guys never don't know it. who's who. They'll never get, they'll never <laughs> figure that out, these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I become Todd. Later, when they hook up with the disguisers, Tucker's going to get a, a red beard that's going <laughs> to look like Todd's whiskers. And Todd's going to get like a wig, I guess. Walk around with his shoes on his knees. <laughs> He's going to try to be short. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He's into like a little like R2-D2 can. Yeah, that's not going to last very <laughs> long before it becomes too inconvenient to participate in anything. Hurry up, Todd. I mean, Tucker, you're Tucker. I'm Todd. Hurry up, Tucker. How does anybody move like this? Now, so they get rescued, and so do they go back to the hat cave with Soup of the Night, or do they, do they go back to his soup kitchen? I think they should go back to his soup kitchen first. I think eventually the bunker, the hat cave, is going to become like the, the nexus for all of our vigilantes. It's the most sophisticated place anybody's got. 
So rather than meeting up with a card, does he say, tell your car to meet us at the soup kitchen or something like that? And he takes them there in his soup van. I thought the soup van was his soup kitchen. I thought the soup kitchen was a franchise, was a restaurant, and then he had the van was a mobile van that was a separate thing. He had a food truck kind of van. And inside of it, he actually had cells for prisoners and he had all of his like stuff. Yeah. So I think he has a mobile headquarters, <clears throat> okay, which maybe. which is something that I don't know if I've seen many heroes do. It has uh, in, an improbable amount of space inside. Where did you get this truck? I found it at auction. It used to belong to a magician. So I, I was fa- I in my I was fairly certain that he had like a a main foundation like home operational base and then that thing was a separate thing but whatever so then where where are they going then i do i do think it would be cool if he had a place to park this food truck that happened to be something of a a safe house or something yeah i'm i like i i'm fairly certain we did already say that that was the case but if not then sure now it is i don't know that's where they're going to i don't i don't know so what's happening how are we wrapping this up they have this thing. He saves them. Where do we go from there? They introduce each other. They briefly discuss just what they're all doing out there. And I think I think it's time for Soup of the Night to recognize that Hatwoman is the one who put out that call to arms. You're the one Which, who posted that thing. Yeah, surely that would come up like before they like that's part of the moment they start talking to each other as he's rescuing them that he recognizes that. No. Uh, well, she didn't attach her face to it or anything, but I think it won't be until they uh, get to a safe place and start talking a little bit more relaxed, a little bit okay. less on edge, where she lets slip something that she oh, would have maybe. said during that post. Maybe, yeah, as she's discussing like what her motivations are, she she uses phraseology from her yeah. manifesto. Yeah, and he clues in immediately. He's like, wait, you're username something something yeah ah you found me you're the reason i'm out here i mean i was already out there but now i'm really out there does she does she deny it at first is there any reason for her to do that and then he pulls up the stream or the channel or whatever points directly at her face that is you okay you got me it would be pretty funny for her to deny it and then have have him pull up a stream and it is it is her face like isn't she smart enough to cover her face Or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be her face. It can just be like an exact uh, who's that Pokemon profile. Oh, I like that one a lot. But I also like the idea that she's got her f- her face blurred out, but she's still got her hat on. Yeah, and it's all this. Yeah, the hat is all the same colors and whatnot. The hat. I recognize that hat. Anywhere. Of all the hats and all the gin joints. Oh, nice. But that'll be that'll be their moment where they decide to team up. We're in we're in this together now. You saved us. What were you out there for? Well, I was chasing down these thugs. You know, they start explaining what their reason for actually being out there was. Oh, and as they describe the thugs that they're tracing, do we see the second half of the montage that we were going to get while the report was being given at the beginning? I like that, yeah. They're out there doing this, that, the other. We see those things happening. Do we Do we stop? Does our pr- perspective stop with any of our villains? Do we get to see... What happens when these these thugs who just got beaten up with a few soup cans report back to base with no snacks? Hmm. 
Did we say who the like are the villain are the villains that were involved in that snafu? Are they part of this like uh, the board of of big bad villains that we had kind of assembled in the beginning? I think they are the in the employ of those guys. They're these are the low level goons because every every bad guy needs to have a bunch of goons. And so they're reporting. Sorry, boss, the shipment got interrupted or whatever. Yeah, are they reporting to Jogler directly? He's kind of the ringleader of this of this band at the time. Ooh, mm. there was a dash cam. I think the oh, Jogler the should already be. Re- yeah, the the Jogler's already reviewing the footage. The guy comes to report a Bunglish's oh. boss. We didn't get it. We we lost it. We're we fucked up. And he's like, "No, I think you got exactly what we needed." Bring that shit up, Jamie. Yeah, because like we. We've now got more information on our adversaries. We've got a face. We've got a hat. So rather than being upset, the juggler is actually glad because we've got live video of the guys they're looking for. Yeah. And that's an okay place to probably terminate that. Hmm. So he has the footage, of the, but he doesn't have their identities, but he knows that at least, well, he might know. Yeah, let's let's say that we've got uh, Superman kind of rules when it comes to secret identities. That all it takes is putting on a stupid ass pair of glasses to immediately hide who you are from everyone. So Wait, he doesn't he... know the identities, but he knows that there are. He know he now has seen the faces of some of the vigilantes that are causing them problems. The cost, the personas, or the costumes, or whatever that the presentations yeah. of Soup of the Night, um, Hat Woman, and Tucker and Todd, whatever they yeah. are being called. Todd and Tucker. In Todd this and game. Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> no yes. one will ever know. Oh well, Hat Woman, Super the Night, and Todd. The the top of Tucker's head is in, mm. in <laughs> just the top of his head. <laughs> Who's the short guy? I or don't know. Mystery fella. Because <laughs> why? Why not? Okay, I think that's. I think that is a good end. Yeah, we're reviewing the footage, so. So even though like the the good guys have gotten, you know, progress, the bad guys now have confirmation. They now know they have faces that they can like put on like wanted posters around town and shit. Have you seen this hat? There's a picture out there with yeah, just so like, off of Tucker's head. Is this a backroom scene thing or is Jogler on his Jogler uh, experience podcast bringing up the footage and reviewing it and commentating it as an episode of his podcast? Of his podcast. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So that he's also creating sort of like a call to violence for all of their their yeah. followers. Yeah, we should we should go against these vig- these lawless vigilantes. Yeah. He 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 produces a call to arms of his own. Yeah, that's yeah. very good. So he receives he receives the footage from these guys, and then it can immediately cut to him reviewing that footage on his show. So like we've got we've got vigilantes running our streets now. Is this the world you want to live in? Have you seen this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you seen this? Have you read about this? <laughs> <laughs> we've got vigilantes on our streets. Lawless. Taking these people are taking justice into their own hands. Is that the homeland you want to live in? It's not the homeland I want to live in. <laughs> but that's that's the perfect way to end it. I yeah. think. We wanted him to have his podcast that causes extremism and platforms bad guys. Now we've got it. And there it is. Call to arms. Yeah, the call to arms against the call to arms. Two can play at that game. It takes two to play that game. 
And since his podcast is also televised, he can show pictures of this stuff. <laughs> I like that. I like the idea. I don't know. It's just it's on like old fashioned ant- an antenna tune in UV UHF or whatever. News. <laughs> The, the 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 broadcast news uh, or broadcast channel whatever channel four you tune into the <laughs> the juggler podcast on broadcast news yeah <laughs> tv but i mean that is a thing like some podcasts have become television shows which are broadcast on cable channels yeah and i mean joe joe rogan's has video yeah h3h3 video video can you believe it yeah the Norm McDonald has a whatever. Hmm. We miss you, Norm. Bye, Norm. Um. Yeah, that's this week. Do we have? Yeah. Do we have any post? I don't think so. I think that's a really I, nice. Little yeah, I think that's a wrap. Ribbon on it. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. I'm pleased with that. As am I. So thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode of Snidevil Inside the Writer's Room. I've been one of your hosts, Tucker. No, that's not true. Actually, but it is. That's my, hey, I'm Tucker. <laughs> I've been your other host, Todd. <laughs> quote, unquote, air quote. Yeah. They'll, Bye. They'll, they'll, never, they'll never see through this ruse. <laughs> Perfect crime. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to Snidevil Inside the Writer's Room with your hosts, me, Todd. And me, Tucker. Was I supposed to tune you in there, too? You really need to shoot that a little bit higher. For you I don't want me to I, catch it. I, cha- I change it up every every week. I <laughs> this know. is why I never know what to do. That one, yeah, I wasn't cluing you in on that one, because I don't remember how I phrased that. I'm one of your hosts, Todd. No, that's the way that I was doing right. that was. That's, that's your host, Tucker. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then that's your host, Todd. And then we proceed. Welcome, everyone, to episode 104. But I'm not going to edit this one. Everybody is treated with this conversation we just had. Enjoy. Enjoy. Oh, I didn't even do a summary. (laughs) Is this 104? This is 104. This is 104. 101, 102, 103. Yeah, you're right. I always Um, check because I want to make sure that I'm there to back you up in case you don't know what number it is. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to start over, and then uh, this time I will I will actually to, uh, tune you in, cue you. You're going to set you me up? In. Yeah, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to set you up for an alley-oop. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to hope I don't screw it up. <laughs> me too. I really hope that. Um, 